You're listening to the Fueled by the Outdoors podcast. If you like what you hear, please be sure to subscribe, tell us what you think in the comment section, and leave us a review. I just hammered a good one. Drop the Asher. Never seen that deer before. It's a tough pill to swallow after having that deer at 18 yards. Welcome to Fueled by the Outdoors. I'm your host, Rick Cates, and I'm joined by, according to my screen, another Rick Cates and Madison Luck tonight. (laughs) Just joking. I am joined tonight by my other host, Christopher Leppert. You can call me co-host, you know. Co-host. Co-host Chris Leppert. And (laughs) our... Let's let's talk about this for a second before we introduce (laughs) Madison. Before we talk to Madison. (laughs) You, like when we talked before, it was like co-host was like less than the host. But if you co-parent, you're both parenting. I feel like co-host is just the other host. Is it not? Hell, I don't know. We'll just say co-host. Well, let's just say co-host because that like I can't stand calling you my fellow host. Like, is that a band name? I. So anyways, you're Madison, trying to make me less than you, Chris. Talk to Madison now. <laughs> Hi, Madison. It's actually Josh, guys. Josh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am uh, on my wife's computer, so I, I pop up as Madison. As, oh. oh, Chris Chris, and I were doing another podcast, and uh, the guys were like, who's Madison? <laughs> <laughs> we haven't talked. <laughs> we, we haven't uh, had a podcast in three weeks. So there's there's a reason for that. And it's turkey season and not just one turkey season, but multiple turkey seasons, because every state comes in in about a three to four week period. But uh, tonight we're here to talk about Kentucky's turkey season and how everything you read on the Internet about Kentucky's turkey season was completely wrong this year. Um, (laughs) Raise your hand if you saw a bird on 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 a property. One, two. Three, raise your hand if you killed a bird on a Kentucky property this year. Uh, I did not. You did not. Sorry. Sorry. So, I, still got time. I had, I had close <laughs> encounters. Yes, I still have time. Yeah, by the time this airs, uh, it will have been over, but hopefully we can update it with a picture of a bird you uh, killed in Kentucky. Not only yep. that, I'm going to throw one in here for Josh. Josh donated his opening yes, day to film us, to follow my ass around, and he also donated another day mm-hmm. of his vacation to follow me around. And really both days that we, we went to war with a bird and Which you'll hear about here in a second. God, <laughs> it was just awesome. But Josh gave up two days of hunting Kentucky to come film me and, and all that. So uh, super appreciative for that. And that, you know, maybe he would have killed a bird one of those days because I can tell you the second one, we were gobble rich that day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I guess we should probably start with opening uh, weekend in Kentucky. So we were all together on opening weekend on a buddy's farm. Uh, we did hunt private this year versus public just because we felt like the odds were better. And um this is a place where I killed both my birds last year. This is my buddy, Bruce. Um, hopefully at some point we can get him on the podcast to talk about 
um, his farm and, and things along those lines. Um, the original plan was we were all going to go down and do kind of like a turkey camp, but it was mm-hmm. Good Friday. I think, Chris, you had a fish fry that night that you hadn't done since pre-COVID. And <clears throat> I went down that night and got settled in. And by the time you guys got down there, I had breakfast ready. We had coffee. And I mean, we were, couldn't have asked, I don't think for a more fun opening day of Kentucky's turkey season um, to start off with. So, yeah, I I mean, one of the, one of the points that we're going to kind of bring up tonight is um, how, well, one, um, the amount of hens that we saw and just there's a video of Chris um, being in Josh really 10 yards away <laughs> from a hen uh, that was on opening weekend. But um, I guess Chris, you want to lead off with how, how the day started and how, how like what ideas were, were setups and I'll kind of go into my hunt with Bruce that day. And uh, I'll kind of talk about my part in that too. Yeah. So um Rick had us meet him at Bruce's property uh which is freaking gorgeous it's got a nice like uh pole barn slash house slash barn dominium yeah, yeah barn dominium is basically what it is it's pretty sweet uh Rick made some breakfast and uh Josh and I had a party uh, the night before we did like a fish fry at my house with a bunch of people. So, uh, that was my first Rick, fish fry. Rick said he didn't care about me and didn't want to come. So that's um, correct. He, he was drinking with a home that night. I don't know. So, um, we, we got there Uber early. It's like an hour and 15 minute drive for me. So I showed up about one third awake until I got the rest of that coffee down. Anyway, uh, we got up there. We struck gobblers pretty much in every direction, um, but none of them really roosted close. I would like the closest ones that were roosted were the first ones. And we got um, to the top of the hill. Yeah. And we, we believe that those probably were Jake's. Um, you'll hear more about them in a little mm-hmm. bit. But um, so we, we kind of had you know, Rick and Bruce stay at one part, which, which I'd call like the beginning of the top of the hill. Uh, cause the Ridge, you know, the high point, the knob, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it stays, uh, it's pretty long, a uh, couple hundred yards. So, um, they were basically at the beginning of a pinch point of the property where some fences come together and get tight. And then we were going to the other end of that a couple hundred yards away. And, uh, we set up for a little bit and, you know, we really, really weren't hearing a whole lot. And then we heard somebody calling and (laughs) then I heard, and I was like, ah, crap. And then now y'all didn't get to shoot. So no. So the way it worked was we got everything set up. Um, We had a single hen decoy um, out at at the higher point of the 
of the location towards you guys. So as the crow flies, Chris and Josh are, oh man, I don't know, maybe 120, 130 yards away from where we're sitting at. We're under a group of cedars next to a cattle pond. And um, this is an area where I heard birds uh, fly down and come in last year um, that I, I didn't get an opportunity to shoot at. They kind of picked me out uh, or they picked Bruce out uh, of the, of the tree line from where Chris and Josh were sitting at. So, um, we're sitting there and we, I'm hearing gobbles. Uh, but then I start hearing a hen and I start calling to the hen and she gets pretty riled up and we hear some gobbles and probably 10 yards behind me. Uh, we hear a gobble. And Bruce is with me. He's like, I see three birds. And I'm thinking, and this is this is 30 minutes into the morning, if that. And I'm like, oh, this is this is great. Like he's gonna he's gonna shoot a bird, and like I'm gonna get I'm gonna get my shot because Bruce was up shooting first. And Bruce, being the landowner, you know, we we talked. I, we want to get him his his first tom off the property. Um, so I'm like, dude, like this is you have first shot all day. I'm calling for you. Like, let, let's just get you a bird. So call, he says he sees these birds. And then all of a sudden behind me, I hear. And I could just tell, like he said, there's a head behind you. And I was like, yeah, that's the hen. So she had walked down behind a little like ridge that's sitting there. And then had led what we're guessing were three Jake's away at that point. Um, they were literally um, Bruce had the gun up and was getting ready to shoot. He said he was just going to take a legal bird at that point. Um, <laughs> but the it, stuff changes when you get a turkey in front of you. Um, <laughs> the birds would not clear a set of brush uh, that was, I don't know, 10, 15 yards away from us. And all they had to do is walk like two more feet. And, um, you know, Bruce would have had a had a shot opportunity. Unfortunately, those birds were let off by the hen, <clears throat> never to be heard again. So at that point, we hadn't heard a bird in a little bit. So we went and met up with you guys, I think, at that point um, over near your or we, we met we met up over near your spot because you guys had heard a bird and you went and chased after it or tried to move towards one. And then it shut up. So we decided to try to, you know, come up with a new game plan. And I think we ran around at that point till what, probably 1030. Yeah, 10? somewhere around there. So what had happened to us actually is once y'all. Oh, wait, had no, the hen that late. Spook, I'm thinking of a different thing. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Once y'all yeah. had that hen spook, me and Josh were like, okay, let's bounce. Like, let's go yeah. troll and look and where we walk up into that locust grove and it was funny because josh literally said something along the lines of this is so gorgeous there should be a turkey here <laughs> and then almost has to stop his sentence with don't move there's a strutter right in front of us and when he says you know when i say right in front of us it's like 300 yards away but um uh, not that far probably like 200 but yeah uh, he's he's a considerable amount of distance away on a yeah. very steep grassy hillside um just strutting huge huge bodied bird even though they all look kind of big when they're strutting but this one he just looked a little bigger 
So mm -hmm. um, we wanted to try to make a move on him, but we watched him for a little long and really didn't know what we could do and get away with. So we just played the patience game. And that's when we met back up with you guys. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we all kind of were sneaking around and we went to the back and, um, that was when we struck that. up, we struck up the gobble. He gobbled. Yeah. And so we, that was when we decided to, uh, do the drop back calling, right? Yes. Yeah. We set yeah. up in the locust yeah. grove and you drop back. And that's when the Tom literally was like, I'm going to go over to this logging road here and mm -hmm. just pop my head up. We had, we had heard him in that little ravine down below us. Mm -hmm. We were in that little locust grove and he went off. And then we set up and then that's when, yeah, you drop back to call and he got on that little logging road. And that's when oh. the vendetta was born. So <laughs> what, what ended up happening is Bruce, Chris, and Josh go sit in the locust grove. I dropped down and the way, the way that this property is, is that it is a ridge system that drops off the side to where you cannot see the other side. Um, it, it's like a lot of WMAs are in Kentucky, uh, you know, at least, you know, kind of north of the Lexington area and into Eastern Kentucky. It's a lot of ridge systems. So when you, when you get there, you can drop over these hills and call. So when we decided to do that, um, I kept kind of moving back and forth and eventually went all the way to the property line and started calling like I was walking away. Well, at that point, um, at uh, this bird, his head just pops up over the side of the hill looking for what he's hearing. Um, Bruce had said that he saw the bird and strut, um, but didn't have a shot at it. Chris just saw the head. So when we all meet up, uh, we're talking about it and we're like, well, let's let's walk this off because that bird has given us a slip. So we walk it off. It was 88 yards. And that the bird had went down a logging road uh, to a bottom that we did not really remember that was there. This bird just flat out gave us a slip. So at that point, um, I think it got to be like 11 o'clock. We talked like, well, let's just go back, eat lunch. You know, we'll we'll call on our way back, see if we can't strike up a bird. Nothing, nothing, nothing. We sat down. We ate for probably an hour. Um Got, got our, you know, shit together and tried to figure out like what we were going to do. So <clears throat> we head up the hill after lunch and immediately we called, you crow called and immediately, <laughs> yeah, did the nasty. yeah, did the nasty and immediately a bird gobbles like um, instantaneously. So Bruce and I get set up <clears throat> on that logging road um, above it, facing the face in the field. And we set up um set up a hen the hen and the jake strutter is, is is what we did we we did it to where it looked like uh the jake was breeding the hen um then you guys went back over to that hillside to where you saw the bird to begin with so yeah. i think at that point i i started calling and we mm -hmm. got one loud gobble like next to us next to me and bruce um we're looking out at the field. I'm looking down the road behind me. Um, I had wanted Bruce to sit where I was sitting. And he said he felt more comfortable sitting where he was sitting. Cause if he had sat where I was, he would have had kind of a clear shot at the road. So 
I hear a gobble and then I hear I hear a like something move and I am kind of turned cat a corner and I look and here is a blood red head 50 yards from me. Um, just you could like no doubt gobbler and like he's looking like directly at where I am at. So I can't move. And all I can do is kind of say, like, out of the corner of my mouth with my mask on, Bruce, can you see the bird? Do you have a shot? He couldn't because there's a set of bushes there, which we'll talk about again here in about 15 to 20 minutes about uh, when Chris and I were hunting together. Um, he could not see the bird. So the bird just keeps walking and he just walks right on by us, goes. Um, and I think he then went out in the field below you guys, correct? Yeah, so he was actually, so when we had gotten you guys set up, we looped around uh, out of sight, and we kind of came up on the hill, and immediately me and Josh had to, like, drop to the ground because mm-hmm. he was he was right there below us on that steep hillside again, and this time he wasn't strutting, though. Um, otherwise, I'd have just walked right up and shot him. Normally, when they're in strut, especially if they're facing away, I'll just run at them and they kind of look up sort of confused before they're like, hey, what are you doing here? How'd you? And then they die. So, but he was alert, just feeding. And uh, so I dropped back and was like, hey, Josh, I'm going to try to belly crawl on this turkey. And uh, I belly crawled down in this little dip and then came back up and just just a little bit at a time ease my head up until I could see him and he was about 55 60 yards away and he was kind of working his way away from me I thought well he's you know he's getting to the edge of where I would feel comfortable I'm not telling everybody to go slinging shots at 60 and 70 yards make sure you're practiced and it's like not will I get lucky you know it's will I definitely kill the bird every time Mm -hmm. everybody misses whether it's 10 yards or you know 100 like that's I'm just saying make sure that you are very very proficient at whatever yardage you're going to shoot the bird so Mm -hmm. I felt like I could easily take him but he was working his way away from me so I thought well it's you know kind of getting to that time now or never And so I cocked my gun, go to aim at him, and a freaking hen, maybe five yards closer, pops her head up. Never knew she was there, just pops her head up. And I'm like, well, there goes that, (laughs) because even, you know, I'm not risking it, even if she puts her head down, because there's flyers and everything, and um, I don't want to kill a hen. So we don't um, have to make a call to the DNR about throw that out the window throw that out the window that doesn't even i don't want that but i don't want to take a turkey that could be responsible for another 10 or 15 turkeys correct being added to the population um for the exact same reason that i want to kill every raccoon and possum i don't want to do wrong by nature like a ticket doesn't bother me as as bad as that now i don't want a ticket and i don't want to have to deal with the game warden in a negative way, but correct for me, it's more about the hen and the turkeys. So, um, I again <laughs> abstained from pulling the trigger 
which is not me at all. So been working on that. Um, and uh, he walked out of our lives. And then not long afterward, that's when you guys heard the gobble, yep. saw him. Um, and it, it was very interesting. I didn't think that's how it would play out, but it seems like a lot of the birds in those Kentucky bluegrass hills, whatever you'd call them, um, they go low. And I, I think from what I've noticed, there is a definite temperature change. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if it has to do a little bit with, body temp regulation or something, you know, just trying to get out of the heat Two <coughs> guys, excuse me tonight, but my allergies have been terrible and I've been battling a cough for like 12 days now. So, um, Josh and Rick know all about it from having to hunt with me. <laughs> Somehow I killed turkeys. Don't ask me how. Um, so I also noticed that when you get down in there, you can, it, a lot of the times it opens up really well and it's actually like a gorgeous little green, like a meadow bottom. Yeah. And so there's, you know, food, water, um, you know, places for hens to nest places for gobblers to strut, but also, uh, you can see and hear really well down in there because mm-hmm. the wind, the wind's been brutal too. So they'd possibly go down there to get out of the wind and, not feel as nervous or, you know, whatever. So, but I also think that bird in particular knows what he's doing, knew what he was doing. Um, he, he knew how to use the terrain. Uh, you can call it instinct. You can call it whatever you want. That he bird ran, had our number. He ran the upper third of a hill. Like a buck does <laughs> during the rut. He was bedded when <laughs> yeah. he's bedded right there. So, I mean, the unfortunate. He was using the thermals. Exactly. He was using. It's, uh, <laughs> we should have brought a can of hen and heat. Um, so it, eventually this bird, like it just like we, we end up just saying we, we're not going to we're not going to stay on this bird. Um, me and Bruce decided to break off. And walk. And I'm like, we, we're going to be able to strike a bird. Um, we heard a couple other gobbles up towards the front of the farm. So. Bruce and I start working back and I crow call and we have a turkey gobble hundred yards away from us in the woods. I'm like, Oh man, okay, this is it. Get set up, get set up. So I start calling starts like it's sounding closer, but it's walking in between um, the neighbor's property, which is in the woods um, where it was, where it was at and this little clearing area where Bruce and I had set up early in the morning. So I get him set up behind a tree and all of a sudden I start hearing a hen behind me again, like loud, um, real loud. So I mimic and her bird is gobbling its head off and this hen is going nuts, just real angry. And all of a sudden just stops like what, what just happened here? But this bird is still gobbling. So we're, um, we, we walk a little bit further and, as we get to this little opening, Bruce says there's a strutter up in front of us. So he gets, uh, he belly crawls. I mean, probably a good 50 yards and I'm sitting there behind him calling, trying to get the bird to like 
at least come that way a little bit. And all of a sudden, um, Bruce gets to his knees and takes, uh, takes a shot and I get up, I run and then I see uh, him take another shot, but then I'm seeing two birds there and, and I'm like, what the hell just happened? So like we got, look, I mean, clean mist, no blood, no feathers, nothing. Um, he shot over the bird twice. So I, I talked to him. Uh, I'm like, what, what happened here, man? And he goes, well, I got, I got to this point because I look left and there's a hen staring at me like at 10 yards away from me. So I thought, well, I need to take this shot. The bird had been walking back and forth in a strut zone, putting on a show for this hen. Apparently that was the one that walked in from the side of us and went up the hill. So at that point, we were kind of done for the day. I think that that was, that was pretty much the end of the day. Um, we had finally gotten a shot off, but no birds were had. That was probably what five, four or five o'clock, uh, at that it, point. It yeah. Four. Yeah. Cause we, well, you guys had something you had to go to, right? Yeah. Yeah. You, you, like, you had to I, go home. I think I had to go home. Yeah, we had a podcast. Yeah, the other podcast. Backcountry yeah. PA. Oh, Backcountry PA, yeah. Yes. And yeah, that's I right. barely, barely made it. Uh, but I also had to stop. I, I grabbed something to eat, and I had to stop and get uh, stuff for Easter the next day because... Because Kentucky's um, dumb and puts it on the same weekend as Easter every third year. <laughs> Well, I'm going to blame the Catholics instead because <laughs> they need to pick a weekend for Easter. Like Kentucky picked a weekend. Y'all need to get your shit together and pick <laughs> a weekend for Easter and stop basing it off the moon because it's going up my world every third year. Pretty sure most, <laughs> uh, most major Christian religions celebrate Easter on the same day. I know, but I think it's the Catholics. I'm pretty sure they determine it, do they not? I don't know. I'm Catholic, and I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. Man, ask a religious scholar. We need to. We can. We can have. I'll one ask. On. I'll ask Gary. He'll know. Oh, I'm sure Gary will know because <laughs> Gary knows everything. Um, and so more. The, and more. So this leads to that was Saturday. I had um, luckily a morning off Friday. I, I say luckily, meaning Rick scheduled hours off in the morning because he knew he wanted to go hunt. Um, so I, I got up at four 30, I drove down there and, um, I go to the top of the hill immediately strike birds. And my thought is, well, I'm just going to go sit back where, where I sat opening morning. Uh, we had birds come in. Um, I sit down there and hear a gobble i gotta think 40 to 50 yards in front of me in the trees with a hen i'm like well this is it like this bird's gonna fly down and this is the only clear spot this bird's gonna fly down in and that's gonna be that so i hear the fly down i hear the birds fly down they do not fly down in front of me they fly down into the woods and um i hear a gobble and it is coming from my right instead of in front of me at this point i'm like well that's weird so I start hearing that hen again. So I, I start calling to the hen. She sounds very angry. And out of the corner of my eye, 
here come three birds. And then I see a fourth bird, the fourth bird being the hen, three birds being uh, the Jake's from opening morning. And um, I've got an hour and a half to hunt. And it's kind of like one of those decisions, like, are you going to, you know, take a legal bird in front of you and go home and have meat in your freezer? Or are you going to sit here and try to chase birds around and then be pissed that you didn't have an opportunity? So um, I, I call the birds start to separate. Um, one of the birds uh, starts to separate more than the other. The hen starts alarm putting. And I, I think I, well, I don't think either of you have seen the video yet. Um, literally, I think the bird alarm putts and then I shoot the Jake um, at, you know, 15 yards, one second after she alarm putts and they all scatter. And that was, you know, I don't know, 730. And I sent you guys the picture of the, of the spent, yeah. spent saddie. It was fatty. pretty early. Um, it, it, it was early. And um you know, I know we talk about um, not trying to take Jake's and not doing that kind of stuff. I've, I've always been of the opinion if, um, you know, it again, you hunt what you want to hunt. It was a, it's a legal bird to hunt for me. I'm going to kill it. And I had kind of made up my mind that morning of the hunt. Um, any legal bird was <laughs> any legal bird was going to. When get we a, took the know. survey, raise <laughs> your hand if you'll shoot a Jake <laughs> and you and Bruce raised your hand. Oh, yeah. When I saw that, I said. Okay, so the first thing that moves this morning is getting mowed over. Oh, yeah. Copy that. Yep. <laughs> first thing that moved. So essentially what happened was the three birds that we saw on opening day were the same three birds that came back through that morning um, from, from all intents and purposes, I'm guessing, because it was the same area. Got to think it was the same hen. And they just kind of stayed there in that area. So I had, I had uh, punched a tag, gotten done, headed home. Uh, it actually worked out because um, my dad uh, needed a new tail fan for his decoy uh, for uh, his, his, his strutter. So it worked out well. So he needed that a, a sub adult male good thing. Yeah. So it went to Jake murderers. Yep. Sub adult male tails. J- yeah. <laughs> yep. So um, I've got meat in the freezer. It was a, uh, it was a big Jake, which was nice. So it was, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't like, a huge gobbler, but you know, it was, it was a good size Jake. It filled like my freezer for what I, you know, can have for, you know, my kids will eat or whatever. And, uh, thank goodness because a, what are you going to make schnitzel? Oh, I'm definitely going to make schnitzel out of it. Like you have I'm to. waiting, I'm waiting for the first person to wise up and clip those middle four tail feathers, <laughs> even with the other ones. <laughs> Just run a sharpie over the tips. That's a nice full fan gobbler you got there. <laughs> Why come he have three inch beard? Sub adult. Don't awesome. worry. I mean, I mean not sub adult. Not sub adult. Um, sub adult. So I I ended up uh, doing that on Friday, and then I think Saturday couldn't go out. Um, no, what was it? You guys. Sat- Saturday was opening day for Ohio. Saturday was yeah. opening day for Ohio. Yeah. Um, which we'll get to in a different podcast, but you drove back down to Kentucky that day. Right. And you hunted that day or yes. Sunday. Cause you hunted with Bruce. Both. One of the, you hunted. Okay. So yeah. you hunted with, uh, with Bruce yeah. both those days. Bruce, 
Bruce was in Disney at Disney. Oh, that's all right. week. Yep. And he got back like Friday night or something. And I was going to text him uh, that night, but I felt weird because I didn't want to seem arrogant and I didn't yeah. want to jinx myself, but I felt solid. I felt like I was in the game uh, with some birds in Ohio excuse me, in Ohio and just on the off chance that I took one of those birds, I wanted to know if he was okay with me going down there by myself to hunt. And so I didn't text him. Well, of course, freaking kill a bird super early. <laughs> on... you, know, you, you sent messages in our groups very early. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, this is going to be funny. So it was 648 in the morning. Then I killed that bird. So then the whole time I'm like, damn it. I should have texted Bruce. No. <laughs> so I texted him and he's, you know, he's got kids in sports and just got back from vacation. So I think it was probably about close to an hour, hour and a half or something like that mm -hmm. before he gets back with me. So I'm like, well, I'm going to hunt public. So I go the opposite way of his property to hunt public. <laughs> and then I get probably 20 minutes away from the public. And he texts me. Yeah, fine. Go on down. I'm like, well, do I go brave a Saturday morning with my fellow commoners? Or do I go hunt with my fellow top hats on the privet? <laughs> <laughs> so. I added like an hour and 20 minutes to my drive and uh, went to his farm. And really, you know, I, I would say I, I came close. I was, I was sub a hundred yards or around a hundred yards mm -hmm. from a bird gobbling, but I never could see him and I couldn't get him to come in. And because I couldn't see him, I couldn't sneak up on him. So uh, eventually uh, I had to cut out because my son Cade had his first birthday mm -hmm. that day. So we had yep. a big party and all that. So I could only hunt until I want to say like 12, 1230 or something like that. Yeah. So, um, so really, you know, me not texting Bruce the night before cost me about an hour and a half of hunting. So, but I mean, you know, it's not that big in the grand scheme of things, still an amazing season. Mm -hmm. um, so let's see, we fast forward to Sunday. Yeah. You couldn't go. I couldn't go. Or is that the day you went with your neighbor? That was the day I went with my neighbor and <laughs> we got, you know, skunked. There's birds all around us on the property lines and having not scouted it. Um, I know what I need to now with regards to it and it it's going to change my outlook on, on that property quite a bit. Sure. It, it's a same thing, Ridge system, but just beautiful, big open grassy field, not no cow pastures, just nice mode fields all around his property. Just absolutely beautiful, but didn't see a damn thing. Unfortunately, man, heard plenty. That's rough. Yeah. So it almost broke my truck, but that's a, that's another thing. We, um, 
I met Bruce down at his farm Sunday morning. And, you know, I just, I had a talk with him. I said, Hey, listen, you know, he wasn't feeling good about his gun. Mm -hmm. Um, I said, Hey, here's my brand new freaking slick ass 20 gauge. Here's some TSS go nuts. You know, you're letting us hunt your farm. Here's my gun and shells. Enjoy. See what you see, what you think about it. By the way, here's a spot where I think you're crazy. If you don't sit there, same place Rick killed. And I know it doesn't look appealing because Rick killed there a couple days ago, <laughs> but geographically it's a place where turkeys want to be. And so that reduces the amount of calling and, um, you know, decoying that you really need to do. So, yeah, there were birds consistently gobbling in that area. Yeah. yeah. And they were like every, every time and shooting went. and missing and like they're, they're there all the time. Yeah. So I'm yeah. like, well, I'd probably keep sitting there until that quit happening. <laughs> so, um, set him up under those cedars again. And then I go towards the back. I had left my decoys there the day before in a particular spot. So I leave Bruce. I go back to that locust grove and hit a, oh, 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 and bam, about as perfect as you could ever want a bird to be roosted to where I can slip into where my decoys are, set them up out of sight and call him uphill right to me in the open field that he's been in, you know, since we've seen him Mm -hmm. and I'm just ready. Like I'm going to kill that bird. Well, start calling, get everything set up, start calling. And that bird's rocking on the roost. He's hammering. And I hear him pitch down because he's only, he's probably only roosted. I don't know. uh, 90 to a hundred yards away, which if you're within a hundred yards of a bird that's roosted or not, you're pretty close. Mm -hmm. Like that's you're you're in the game. So if he doesn't know you're there, you are in the game. So I'm sitting there and it gets quiet. And then all of a sudden, like, I don't know. What do you think that is, Josh? 45, 50 yards behind there that where that roadway was. Yeah, it's not far. That's probably about right. I hear a gobble. And it's like a screaming gobble. And it just... (laughs) scares the shit out of me you know it's that one the one you live for really he's like oh god he's right there he's 50 yards behind me but i couldn't see him it was still fairly dark it was legal shooting light by plenty of minutes but they never fly down at legal shooting light um it's pretty rare anyway so i'm thinking this bird's going to come up right behind me well he works out the logging road and goes to the neighbor's property so Walked out of my life, which was depressing. Um, So I ended up working my way kind of back towards Bruce a little bit. And then I hear, boom. (coughs) So I go check on Bruce. He shot a Jake at 15 or 20 (laughs) yards, something like that. (laughs) Absolutely. Just destroyed that thing destroyed it 
Yeah. Just, oh, man. I, I love the... I love the 20 gauge with TSS in it. So, um, you know, we celebrate that and take pictures and everything. And then, um, we ran around together and, uh, he was Mm -hmm. filming and we really didn't get on a whole lot after that. I think we heard some gobbles, but it just, I don't know, man, it just wasn't working out. So we decided to, call it quits and not waste the entire day since they weren't gobbling i i think they were really fairly hand up still Mm -hmm. um so let's see that's the second weekend of the season the third weekend is when you and i went yeah so um which is well no you and josh went yeah together that's just last weekend so yeah um, did you go during a weekday I went uh, of an evening. That's and right. I, was, you, you, I okay. went down to try to slip in where I thought that bird was roosted. And yeah. uh, no boy, he no. wasn't roosted. I didn't hear or see a bird the whole night. Um, so Josh, being the nightly man that he is, decides to come and film me. Uh, which I was super grateful for because filming those things, yeah. those little bastards give you problems. Yeah, and and to preface this, you had <laughs> witnessed or heard where this bird had been gobbling for multiple times. You felt like you had a good chance to get him. Yeah, and he was a smart old bird. So I was like, yeah. you know what? It's a lot funner hunting with buddies. I'll come film. We'll have a good time. We'll get a nice bird on the ground. Just wanted to take a second to tell you about all our other content. If you're on Facebook, head on over to the Fueled by the Outdoors Facebook page. We currently have over 18,000 members of people who love the outdoors, from the mobile hunter all the way to the hiking enthusiast. Come interact and talk all things outdoors with a robust community of people. Fan of product reviews, fishing, hunting videos? Go check out the Fueled by the Outdoors YouTube channel. If there's any topic or content you would like for us to cover, just send us a message. And if you like what you're seeing and hearing, then hit that join or subscribe button. We hope all our content fuels your passion for the outdoors. That bird starts working our way and all of a sudden he goes down into the ravine and the whole time I'm like, okay, what do I do? What do I do? You know, do I, do I work my way over? But, you know, do I want to do that? Because they're really good about shutting up and he had shut up um and and they're really good about shutting up coming in and working around you from the side like a velociraptor and like you'll blow your hunt so i thought well if he gobbles and lets me know where he is okay well of course he shut up goes through the ravine and then once he gets to the place where i can't move well he starts gobbling again. I'm like, I made it to the field. So we loop way back around and then go through the woods and put eyes on him. Um, 
called to him and he that bird he's just king dick man like he knew like you can come out here and i'll give you sweet loving otherwise i'm not coming anywhere near the edge of those woods it's not happening stayed right on the ridge was on he gobbled and then was like walking away yeah Mm -hmm. gobbling just slow walk away (laughs) the notorious middle finger times two when (laughs) they gobble and walk away i'm like oh you son of a bitch so um we let him go off and some footage that's only kind of a lot embarrassing uh that you'll see later josh is filming me just shuffling sucking wind uh we take off flying through the woods down this hill uh in a ravine go down to the bottom uh i tried to check him at the first logging road didn't hear anything so i thought well you know let's at least get to that next logging road and if he's still up there we can get ahead of him well we get up the logging road which this is climbing a pretty good hill mm-hmm. and i'm just freaking i mean i'm sucking wind yeah. and that to, bird to preface how long this is i measured it it was a 900 yard loop we had made around this ridge <laughs> all the way to the bottom down That's through the bottom and then back up to try and cut off so, the bird. so we ran through the woods for about 100 yards or so maybe 80 and then we ran downhill but keep in mind downhill was also side hill Mm -hmm. so we're side hilling at a downward angle if this makes sense which is you know people that don't know what i'm talking about will never know but when you know you know like it's rough and so we do that downhill and then come around the side hill and then go down into the ravine and finally get where it's freaking flat it's the only flat place in kentucky um and we checked him we go back up. I'm glad you measured that. That makes me feel a little better. Um, we go back up the hill and I'm just freaking dying. So we sit there, you know, and I check, don't hear anything. And all of a sudden we hear yes. looking, looking, looking. And then he was, we literally had got to the same spot at the same time and neither of us knew it. And then bam, you know, um, yeah, it's he was out a, in that on the top of the ridge. We had like this cedar branch blocking our view up. And it was like a thick cedar branch. We're like, where is this bird at? And he just popped up all of a sudden. Yeah. So, <sighs> and I don't know how I didn't see him. Like, I heard the noise. I'm looking. And then all of a sudden, he's right in front of me, but he's like, <sighs> I don't know how far exactly because I'm terrible at judging yardage, but. He was like, when I first saw him, at the edge of comfort and running away, clearly. So I was like, again, guess I won't shoot. So I didn't. And he got away. And, uh, dude, we we struck that bird up a half hour later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just in- sat there and kind of chit-chatting and then went up and then i think you did the nasty the crow call and yeah. then got him to fire off and 
I mean, then he just starts gobbling. He's gobbling on his own. Just hot. I'm like, God, man, this dude just, he will not, he wouldn't come to a call. And, uh, but you could tell he had his spots that he would go to. Like he'd hit little ridges and knobs and stuff. And, uh, dude would just go there, strut and gobble, and then go to the next spot when a girl didn't show up. So, so I won't ended, draw it out. I say that ended well, Saturday, right? No, that was the beginning of Saturday. Uh, Josh and I did miles that day. Did we? Yeah. What did we figure out? We did six or seven. I think it was like six. Yeah, six and a half. I think it was yeah. six and a half miles. And they were, um, they were all. The majority of those miles were pretty tough. Uh, spent were, going up and down yeah. hills. Um, yeah. we, we didn't like walk out the ridge a bunch of, like there was a lot of ascending and descending in there and um it was funny because at the end of the day i mean we we struck this bird and another one up i don't even know how many times it was crazy we were on gobbles what time did we leave that day oh um we went, was it about three? I was going to say three or four. I mean, it was mm-hmm. later. Yeah, I think it was three because we went to um, that Howard's place afterwards. Yeah. And then, yeah. Yeah. So we were on gobbles all day, though. And then finally, um, they shut up and uh, they got far away and shut up. So, right. Um, we called it quits and uh, went to eat, and um, we figured out how many miles we did and everything, and we're kind of joking a little bit. I, I texted Bruce, and I was like, hey, uh, if I can walk tomorrow, do you mind if I hook up with Rick down there? And he's like, oh, yeah, go for it, man. So I'm kind of laughing about it or whatever, and I specifically remember – getting out of the truck i slept like a damn baby that night (laughs) and i got out of the truck i was like man we're gonna have to put in another one of those days Mm -hmm. because that's the kind of bird we're hunting um we're not we're not hunting turkeys that come to calls not not the mature males like they are not you'd think you were on highly pressured public land yeah you're like hey dude f you man i i I played that shit. You ain't <laughs> shooting me, dude. So, so we. I'm get thinking. Up, yeah, yeah. We wake up super early, and I am. I pounded all the coffee on my drive down. <laughs> uh, ate plenty of breakfast, and I get out. And as Rick's like talking to me, I'm doing like uh, all the the stretches. I always when I do all those stretches, I think of. Uh, uh, Billy Hoyle, uh, what's his name? And white men can't jump. Oh, Woody uh, Harrelson, Woody Harrelson, where, yeah, where, uh, Sydney <laughs> is making fun of him. Like she's doing some of that Jenny Craig bullshit. So, <laughs> um, he's like stretching him out and pumping up his little basketball sneakers. But, uh, I remember specifically having a stretch pretty good. And then 
you know, we faced the mountain at the beginning and got up yeah. there. And, uh, I'll let you tell some of the story there. So, yeah. So we we meet up. We get up to the top of the hill. Um, we call. We heard gobbles. I mean, like, it's, yeah. it's, it's, as soon as we called at the top of that hill, um, we made a decision that we were going to go hunt a different area than where I killed a bird and where Bruce killed a bird. And we're going to hunt really kind of the middle area where we're uh, out the locust grove slash island. So I set up on the logging road with the decoy um, kind of up above me. And you set up in that little locust grove. And um, I, I had said to you, like, I'm hearing a gobble like a strong gobble to my right up front. So at that point you went and you uh, ran kind of up front. I went and sat where you were sitting and it it, it was one of those mornings where you weren't sure if it was going to rain. It was kind of light. You could see lightning and thunder. It was supposed to be a washout all weekend. Supposed to be a washout all weekend. Sunny on Saturday and beautiful, beautiful on Sunday too, eventually. So we, so we get set up and I start hearing a bird gobble to my left and I'm like, okay, well this, I mean, this is a strong gobble. This might be that bird. So I call and all of a sudden I hear boom out, out in front of me. I'm like, Chris killed the bird. The bird's dead. Like, like, like the, the, the big gobbler's dead. So as soon as that happens, I've got three birds in front of me that have just walked out of the woods. So I'm calling, trying to get them to come to me and they're kind of chasing each other and hitting each other. And I'm like, man, these are like, I'm like, are these, what's, what's going on here? Are these all Jake's or wh- what's the deal here? Because to be fair, Bruce had five Jake's walk in front of him when he shot his. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of going to be a lot of two year old birds on this farm next year, hopefully. So I'm, yeah. I'm watching, I'm watching, and I'm just like, man, something just, something doesn't look right here. I'm calling, and they keep coming in, and like, clear as day, one of these birds has a beard on it. I mean, it, it's, you know, probably a five-inch beard. I'm sitting there staring at it. I'm like, I get my gun up, and I'm, I'm looking, I'm calling, and it's not strutting. It's not doing anything, and it's like hitting these other birds, like chasing it and pecking at them. I'm like, man, something's just not right here. So they get within 25 yards and I realize it's a bearded hen. So I'm sitting there looking at it. Like I've got it in my sights and I'm just like, I can't, I can't do it. I wasn't going to do it. I've talked to plenty of people. Um, it, you know, I, I've, it's same, same thing as Chris said earlier. I'm not going to shoot a bird that has the potential to have a clutch of 10 or 12 bird, uh, eggs with the potential for, you know, six to 10 pults that are going to hatch. And I just, I couldn't do it. However, these birds stood around and were around me for an hour and they just would not leave. (laughs) So I've still got my gun up. And as I see the bearded hen and one of the other hens walked behind me and went over to the tree line where Chris and Josh had set up on this other bird. um, I see the snow white head. Um, across the way from me, probably 150 yards. And I'm like, that's the bird. Like he, he's right there. I can see him. So he appears and he, this hen just drops down over the hill 
call, nothing, nothing, nothing. Never hear anything else. Never see anything else. I'm like, okay. So I meet up with Chris and he's like, I shot and missed. We talked about it and what we were going to do. So then we decided, I think it was at that point, um, we were going to split up again. And we were going to call until we heard gobbles, correct? Yeah. So I dropped down onto that logging road again after we kind of trolled for a little bit. And I have a gobble. I don't know. Like probably 150 yards away through the trees. Yeah. But I'm calling that uh, down in in that bottom. Down in that bottom. place me and Josh freaking fired through and went up the logging road to get ahead of that bird. Yep. The day before. So I called. I'm thinking I can get this bird to come in. Um, And it just it wouldn't do it. So I'm sitting there and I, I make a, you know, I run a sequence of like yelps and cuts. And all of a sudden I hear. I'm like. I'm sitting here hearing it. I'm like, I know I am hearing a bird drumming. And if I'm hearing a bird drumming, that bird is close. So I call again and it's closer. And it is directly in front of me. I cannot see the bird, though, because as alluded to earlier, the bushes that Bruce could not see through, I could not see through now. (laughs) And this bird was standing on the other side of these bushes drumming for a good 10 minutes so he eventually stops or moves away or whatever and i'm like okay i, I think i texted you i'm like okay I'm, I'm coming up out of the bottom let's meet up yeah i was trolling around the edge yeah. of the fields you know and uh i remember you saying that and i'm like he's so full of shit <laughs> no fucking bird spitting so, and drumming in front of him so com- completely heard it and it was it was the first time i'd ever heard it in in person it was so cool um that it was it was happening right in front of me I so i get you. up i <laughs> i get up and move and i start walk up to the top of the hill and all of a sudden i see a head at the top of the hill so i duck down and then like i kind of belly crawl up a little bit and I look and I can just see a head with a snoot on it. I'm like, oh, my God, there's a gobbler right there. So I get my gun up and I start doing the crab walk. I get I got my red dots, dread dot set. I'm like, I just need to see a beard here. Like, I've got a clear shot. There's no way because I'm like at a I mean, almost vertical angle at this bird. Like if I hit it in the head, yep. the rest shot's going to go straight up in the air. <clears throat> so I get up. And I move two more steps, get in position. And all I hear is boom. Whack. <laughs> and I'm like, what, what just happened? I, like, I run up and the bird is dead. And like, <laughs> here's Chris. Chris is like jogging across, <laughs> jogging across the opening. And, and we both run up and we're like yelling. I'm like, holy like, where were you at, man? He goes, I was hidden down by that cedar tree down there. I'm like, you were what? And you, I, I was down by that cedar tree. I'll let you take it from here, Chris. <laughs> so <clears throat> Rick texted me. So earlier I told Rick that I hated him and I, I want people to know why 
I can't stand Rick Cates and everybody else who can hear Bird's drum. I can't hear it. I have hearing that's very good, but for whatever reason, I can't hear that low frequency. I've never heard a bird drum in my entire life. And uh, I've had plenty come in super close, strutting, all that. Just never, never heard it. So anywho, Rick texts me, hey, the bird's gone. You know, he's not drumming anymore. I'm going to come up. So we're both on opposite sides of a a ridge. (coughs) And um, we're both like significantly down, uh, you know, the side. Yeah. The sides of the ridge there. So um, I'm walking around and I thought I'm going to walk a good ways past Rick, you know, hundred yards, whatever. And uh, see if I can strike a gobbler. And then I heard Rick call. So I thought, well, I'm going to call loud and aggressive just to let Rick know where I am. And uh, so one moment, guys. Night. So I, um, sorry, I had to say goodnight to my daughter. So I see this cedar tree. I'm standing near a fence post, guns rested against the fence post. I see the cedar tree like four steps, five steps in front of me. And so I thought it would be funny to hide in the cedar tree a little bit and just see how long it took Rick to pick me out. Or if he could, maybe he wouldn't. So is, is that where Bruce was set up the one day? No. No, no, no. no. This, this is, is in down in yeah. this is out uh, like uh midway over midway quite, down the ridge off the side of the pasture. Yeah. Okay. So I literally put the uh the cedar branches around me and everything and um I mean dude I was I mean I'm expecting Rick to come over the hill any minute any second and I think I might have been there for about a minute maybe 90 seconds tops and 90 seconds would be on the long it. end and i see rick's gun barrel come up over the hill and i'm looking and i'm like oh that's not his gun at all that's a <laughs> the head and neck of a turkey and it's walking and walking i'm like it is a stupid hen and then i looked and the the sun just barely got a little brighter um because it was very overcast that, that day. was but it it lit up just a little bit and i saw that meaty red head kind of noticed the snood and how it didn't have the the big flap of skin going mm-hmm. from the chin jaw area down to the neck and i was like dude that's a gobbler and then he came up a little more and i'm like that's definitely a gobbler and at this point it's going to cross from rick's side to my side and down over in front of me at like 40 yards and i'm like what a great decision to hide in the cedar tree, (laughs) you know, oops. So, um, I'm sitting there and then all of a sudden he starts to work away from me and then his head disappears behind the hill. And I'm like, you son of a bitch. No way. (laughs) No way is this happening again. This isn't possible. I'm like, well, you know, at least get your gun up 
and you know get the sight turned on and everything and maybe you'll get a shot and sure enough as i'm raising my gun you know his head pops back up and then it disappears pops back up disappears pops back up and then he kind of crests the knoll just enough i said well i mean he's out there but it's now or never you know this is probably my shot you know i done missed a bird like a jackass this morning um which you know to throw the little bit of story in there i had snuck up on a bird real close probably 80 yards from the roost called he flew down and i didn't know but he had a hen with him um never saw or heard her and he wasn't coming in so i went to him i walked up on him and only saw him uh he's strutting in a roadway and i had a bunch of stuff blocking my view and you know thinking the same thing like I can't get these damn things to come into a call to save my life. So, you know, here's my shot. And I mean, I think it was just a matter of he got pretty lucky and moved his head at the right time. And maybe even behind something I was shooting through a lot of thick stuff. Um, so I, I didn't, I didn't hit the bird him and the hen took off and we heard him gobble. Yeah. Not long after that. So back to the other bird. Uh, you know, I thought this, this is my, this is my shot. So I get the gun up, get it on him and, you know, his head and necks up good. And I let it rip. And it was like, boom, thwack birds gone, disappeared. Yeah. So immediately and and this this goes for anybody that shoots a turkey at 10 yards or a thousand like you always run up to them to make sure that they're not gonna you know you never know when you didn't hit one right stun it or whatever stuff happens and uh sometimes you got to make a follow-up shot or you know ring its neck or whatever it is you got to do so um i'm i'd break the barrel over and pop the shell out and i'm reloading as i run up the hill i get up there cock the hammer back and i look over the hill kind of wondering if i'm going to make a follow-up shot i don't see the bird anywhere and i'm like ah shit and i look over to my left and i start to see rick appear from the tree line um and like right as he says did you get him i saw the bird laying there freaking stone dead didn't like i shot him at 15 yards yeah and for those you know i didn't say this online because it's easy for everybody to talk and that if people can talk all they want most people that talk don't know what they're talking about i shot the bird with a 20 gauge and you'd have thought i shot him with a 12 gauge at 15 or 20 he literally i mean dropped i mean straight dropped he he dropped so fast that I didn't know where he went. Like, yeah, I couldn't see the bird. It was almost like I didn't get to see it hit him. It was weird. So, uh, was super excited. Me and Rick celebrated and screamed our ass off. And, uh, we, <laughs> we walk over to the bird and look, and he's got a double beard, <laughs> which was pretty cool. That was a mm-hmm. nice little bonus. So we saw a bearded hen and a double bearded bird on the same farm on the same day and really 
killed that bird uh, 60, 80 yards from yeah. where Rick saw that bearded hen. So yep. it was pretty cool. He ended up, um, I didn't measure his spurs. I haven't killed anything with big enough spurs to measure probably, probably around that inch and an eighth to, uh, you know, I think he was probably an inch and an eighth, maybe mm-hmm. an inch. Uh, he didn't have very big spurs. Um, in fact, yeah, I would call him right around an inch. Uh, the bird I killed on opening day, um, probably around that inch and an eighth inch and three sixteenths. So, but, um, anyway, he had a 10 and three quarter and a six and three quarter inch beard. So ended up with 17 and a half inches of beard, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that bird is in the freezer and going to be mounted. So sweet, pretty, uh, Pretty damn excited about our Kentucky season. Can't thank you and Bruce enough for, oh, welcome, for getting man. me in on a sweet farm and and Josh for donating two of his days to come hunt and film and hang out and be buddies. I mean, it's even though we didn't kill a bird together, like even just talking about how sore we were and everything, it's just cool. I don't know. I, Those are the funnest days of turkey hunting I've had so far this season. Just yeah. coming and filming and enjoying listening to birds gobble their heads off yeah i mean that and it's weird and it might sound lame to some people but one of my favorite parts of the turkey hunting is the walking and the hiking and like releasing those endorphins and burning calories and getting mm-hmm. your legs going and it's just uh to me i don't know it's just super rewarding so um enter yesterday mm-hmm. uh may the 4th be with me um my wife took the day off to take the kids to the doctor for a checkup and we do that every year uh, i get to go turkey hunting beginning of may every year which is amazing and so i was going to hook up with jacob emery with do3 outdoors if you haven't check him out on youtube He'll be a guest speaker uh, at the Mobile Hunters Expo. Um, so we were going to hook up. I was going to try to pull off the tri-state trifecta and kill a bird in Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana. Well, he was like around three hours from me. It's $192 to hunt one turkey in Indiana. And on top of that, he wasn't able to scout very well the day before because it was windy and it was going to be cloudy all day the day we were going to hunt so i'm like "Mm, get up at two to meet him or hunt kentucky and then pierce calls me and he's like hey uh turns out i'm actually going to be able to hunt tomorrow because i talked to him about it earlier in the week and i'm like all right you know well i think i'm going to going to take you up on that so we we hit some public land and uh went to a favorite spot of his and heard one way just so far off it's that gobble that you're not sure if it was a gobble or an early woodpecker um and we had hoot owls talking mad shit to us like there wasn't a gobbler anywhere near us and if he was 
he was tight-lipped and not going to play anyway. So we drive way down, stop the truck, listen, hear that gobbler fire off. Pierce knows exactly where he's at. We drive around. <laughs> One thing I haven't told you yet. We're, you start off climbing a hill, a much rougher hill than Bruce's, mm-hmm. a much longer hill and a much steeper hill. And we're like 200 yards or uh, we'll say 150 yards into our walk. And I see the top and I'm like, bro, we got a bird goblin, man. Let's run up this bitch. So I'm running. (laughs) We get to the top and we're like halfway up the hill. It's, it was a false top and it got me good. So like I'm sprinting (laughs) up this hill. And again, I'm like, oh my god and then there's all the hill left so by the time we get up there i am screwed so kind of misused my energy there um so we get up pitch a few calls out um we hear the bird uh we try to go set up on him we're pretty sure he flew onto some private uh we troll around for a few minutes and get on another bird. Um, but it only gobbled like twice and then shut up. And then, you know, we moved around, um, before we moved on that bird, something that was very interesting. We found, uh, we were in a cedar thicket. We found a bunch of dust bowls and one of the, the little dust bowls where the turkeys will dust bathe. Um, had a little breast feather like a down feather or whatever Hmm. in it so that was kind of cool turkey turkey scat and everything all over the place so there were three dust bowls with a feather in one of the bowls so we're like yeah that's pretty good turkey sign when you're finding feathers laying there you know that's being used so we get on another bird and it was like down this logging road so we're uphill slightly of this bird on a logging road everything else around us that i can see is fairly thick and we decided to try to go high and we never heard the bird again and we were pretty sure we boogered him so we walk and walk and walk and walk and walk and and when me and pierce get together it's kind of weird um we'll just bullshit and walk and call and bullshit and walk and call. And we're on this ridge top and we hear a distant, like kind of don't really want to gobble, but I'll gobble mm-hmm. anyway, gobble. And then Pierce calls again and <laughs> fires up a hen and the bird gobbles. And so we know right where this dude is. He's on a secondary Ridge, um, good East wind bedding. Um, so we work around on the bird. <clears throat> we struck that bird. I have video of us making the bird gobble at 957. So I'm going to guess it's probably 950, 955. And uh we started working that bird just after 10. We got set up and everything. And it was really interesting. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Because the bird was very nonchalant, didn't care, really couldn't care less 
that we were there and you had to really get to a certain level of volume, a certain decibel mm-hmm. level, if you will, certain pitch with the yelps uh, to get him to gobble. And, you know, we, we'd kind of draw on the line and <clears throat> Pierce would give him soft stuff and then hit that line and make him gobble just to check him. And um, we're set up against a big tree. And I mean, we are working this bird and we're thinking, you know, we're going to have this super alert bird come in. We hadn't heard the hands and uh, Pierce is just working the hell out of him. And um, he comes up high gets closer, goes down low, gets closer, comes up high, gets closer, goes down low, gets closer. And then seems like he's getting pretty close because at that point, Pierce is um, mainly doing putts and clucks and purrs and super low-key soft stuff with a couple of nonchalant yelps in there. And the bird at this point is gobbling it just about everything Pierce throws out. Well, then everybody gets quiet and Pierce can't get him to gobble at all. And uh, Pierce has turned around, like has his head pointed over his left shoulder, pitching calls over his shoulder just to try to fool the bird to get him to come closer. So, you know, if he does hang up, no big deal, right? Well, as he literally starts the series and you'll see in the video, I'm like, don't move the bird, you know, Pierce isn't, I'm looking at the bird and not even really thinking, but I'm like, man, well, if Pierce doesn't seem, you know, like, I guess I'm up to bat. Like we need to get this dude killed. And then it kind of clicks, you know, that his head's cocked over his shoulder. But, um, at that point, you know, that's like a secondary thought it's kill. We're in kill mode. So I bring my gun up and uh, I see the bird's red and white head. So I get it on him and then he goes right into full strut. This bird's at 30 yards, has no idea we're there. I don't have a face mask on. I've got a GoPro hooked to my gun on a big ass gooseneck mount. And then I've got a red dot sight, which is also kind of flashy. It's 30 yards, doesn't have a clue. So comes out of strut. I see his head and waste zero time. Boom. We both jump up. Two other birds fly off. And I'm like, ah, shit. I shot a Jake that had other Jakes, which is why, you know, we're hearing the birds gobble in different spots, you know, whatever. Well, they were hens. We walked over. He's got a gorgeous, unique, full fan. Um, He had a 10 and a half inch beard. And I would guess this bird. He had a busted spur. I would guess his other spur right at that inch and three sixteenths. Wow. I didn't measure him. I'm fairly decent at measure, like looking at him and saying, yeah, that's probably this. Um, he's probably around that inch and three sixteenths. So uh, we were able, had he had the other full spur, he'd be a limb hanger. He won the limb hanger since he didn't, but I found a creative way to get him on a limb. So, uh, we never did get on another realistic bird. There was a bird that had some terrain features in the middle uh, of the uh, 
the world in between us, I guess I'll say. So uh, we, it wasn't a realistic bird to chase, but uh, cannot say enough about Pierce's calling. And it's not just being able to make turkey noises. Um, it's when to make those noises, when to shut the hell up, when to raise your pitch, lower your pitch, uh, where to set it, like everything about that was great. And I'll never forget one of the coolest parts. We're sitting there. And I mean, we worked this bird for like an hour and 20 minutes. I mean, generally it does not take that long to call a bird. And normally if you ain't caught him in and you know, 15 or 20 minutes, there's a solid chance. He's probably not coming, uh, in my experience anyway, but literally I'm sitting there thinking like, as this bird is starting to fire up, I'm like, this is so awesome. And Pierce is like, you know what? As I'm thinking this, he's like, man, I don't care if he comes in or not. This is awesome. Like just having him gobble and put on a show down there for us. This is, you can't get any better than this. You know, a kills just a bonus. We bump fists. I was like, amen to that dude. And, uh, the other funny part was listening to Pierce talk us both through. He's like, cause this little bastard wasn't coming in. He's like, yeah, it's so hard to be patient. Cause I know both of us are like, I could peek over that hill and shoot that little son of a bitch, but we don't want to screw it up. And looking back now, we would have, he had hands uh, with him. He didn't have hand with him. He had hands. And the other crazy part, that gobbler came in first with the hens behind him. And what was kind of a godsend, um, since it was tough to see the way Pierce was pointed more than likely had he shot that bird, he probably would have hit one or both of those hens because they were fairly close together. So it kind of worked out, you know, good, good juju mm-hmm. or whatever. So uh, that's the story of our, our Kentucky turkey season, really, other than uh, Josh, if you want to just kind of briefly hit on um, what happened with you. Yeah, um, I've only been out a few times. We, we've already kind of discussed the times I was with you and, and Rick and Bruce and filming and all that. Uh, other than that, I did get a chance to hook up with Pierce like you did. Uh, we went out last week uh, on a piece of public that uh, he had went to and listened for birds once prior. He didn't hunt. He just listened for birds. And I had also scouted the place prior to season. I knew there were birds in the general area. Uh, but neither of us had hunted and we went and hooked up there and um, we we got up on this ridge where Pierce had heard a bird and we're up there and I from my scouting I knew there was like a, a bench on the end of this ridge and I was like well that might be a good spot where they'll, they'll roost or we can at least hear something because we're up high and uh, we sneak our way up there and it's starting to get light out we're not hearing anything and eventually we hear this bird go off it's kind of in the distance and it's like down in the ravine it wasn't even up high and uh, we work our way over there and it's it's thick it's this big honeysuckle thicket on the side of this hill so we're like trying to work our way close to this bird and we're working over there and he shuts up for a little bit he he didn't call he didn't gobble that much he would only just occasionally gobble 
we heard him once or twice kind of on the roost and then he just shut up for a while and we got a little closer and crow he would really realistically until we got closer to him and pierce was calling he was only occasionally gobbling at like a real crow like if a crow happened to fly overhead he would just let out one and it wasn't a loud one um but we we eventually worked closer to where he was he was we knew he was on the border of like public and private we didn't have like a good beat on him so we got set up and pierce starts calling uh and we get the bird to fire off and he's pretty close uh, but he was on private we could tell he was over on the private so pierce is Pierce kind of looked at me. He's like, hey, I'm going to work down like I'm working away and see if we can pull this bird over onto the public because there was a small little opening out in mm-hmm, front of us. Mm-hmm. There was a little knob in front of us and uh, there was an opening. We're like, well, if he comes, he's going to come through here. Pierce ends up working out behind me and down and around and the bird just kind of stays on the on the uh, private piece. And at, at one point, there there's a couple of times he allowed gobbles. This bird had to be within 50 yards. We're like, where is this bird? He is super close. Um, he eventually goes quiet and Pierce comes back. We're like, man, he's asking me, he's like, man, did you see him? And I was like, no, he had, he had got to a point where he could see him in this private field and him strutting out there. Um, but he can never get him to work close enough to the public and, and then come on over to where we were. Um, so we end up, making our way to this little knoll out in front of us and we didn't realize how steep it was in front of us well we get up there and it's like a little hill that goes down to this little roadway in this private field and we're like oh he was down in this roadway below us like that's why we didn't see him mm-hmm. um but we we kind of wait around for a while he he shut up and then we work way back up the ridge where we were and we get him to fire off again and uh, at this point, it's a little bit later in the morning. And Pierce was like, usually if we get him to fire off this late in the morning, like there's a good chance they'll be coming. Uh, and we're still around that honeysuckle thicket area. Um, so we get set up on him again. Pierce calls and we're kind of facing two different directions. In case he comes up high above us and I'm facing kind of down low. Um, he's got to work his way over this little knob. Mm-hmm. Well, he eventually comes in. He's, he pops out at like 25 yards. And I didn't realize he was that close. Yeah, he was, he was really close. Um, I think I mentioned in our text thread, he might've been like 30 yards, but thinking back on it, he was no more than 20 or 25. Um, But those old smart birds, Pierce saw him first. So Pierce was sitting in a direction away from where the bird came. Mm -hmm. So he couldn't make a move on the bird he was facing off to like my left and I was facing off to the right and the bird kind of popped out in between us over this little knob. I couldn't see him. There was a tree in my way and I just hear Pierce go, do you see him? There, there he is. There he is. And I'm like, I don't see him. <laughs> Pierce had a clear shot if he was able to make a move, but he had a limb in his way and he couldn't. Eventually he popped out where I could see him. I could just see his head. I didn't see his beard or anything. I could just see his head through the brush. And literally all he had to do was take like two or three more steps in this opening and I would have had a shot. But he got to the point where he could see in this little opening, didn't see anything and literally just turned around. Uh, like not alarmed or anything. He just like looked and like turned straight around, went back the way he came. 
It's like, son of a gun. He works his way back down this little ravine. And then Pierce looks at me. He was like, that was a big bird. He was, <laughs> he was like, he was like, did you see the beard? And I was like, no. He was like, that had a big beard on him. He didn't say big beard. I'll, I won't say what he said, but he was implying <laughs> it was a big beard. Say it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but we worked that bird for a little while. Uh, we get back on him again. Never saw him. It was super thick where he was. And he goes quiet, and that was kind of end of our day. Um, other than that, I went out today. Uh, same place that Pierce and I were on that bird. This is, oh, about a week later. Yeah, because that was last week when I went with him. Um, I didn't hear a single gobble today. I did five and a half miles on this piece, working around, trolling, nothing. So I got one more day to get it done in Kentucky. So we'll see if I, if I can make something happen. Well, Let, let's hope you do, man. I'm going to. I'm going to try to get out there with you and see if we can wreck some peckers. Yeah. So get a, throw a Saddie's fatty at a redhead. Saddie's fatty. Saddie's <laughs> fatty's laid some birds down. How many birds Lots have laid them. down? There? So how, all right. So you got one Josh, right? Rick got yeah, my one. Ohio bird. Yep. So I got three. That's five. Pierce has three, three, three. There's eight. Uh, Bruce. Bruce has one. That's nine. Um, Seth, Seth Drake, Drake. He killed one. One. I think one that I know. At least one. That's that's ten. Ten. Marty, Marty Cecil. Marty he's Cecil. Two with him. There's twelve. Uh. Oh, who else was it? Did Mike Hansen get one? Hansen. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that he got any of Aaron's shells yet. Okay. I'm not sure if he did kill a bird though. Um, I feel like there's someone else. There was another guy who got one. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's definitely people on our team that had to have killed. Isn't there? No, I think it's just us. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's just us and Pierce. Dang. Yeah, uh, but I know there were some other people on the page that got some of the shells and killed. I want to yeah. say thirteen or fourteen birds in total. Yeah, yeah, quite a few. So pretty cool. Uh, concluders, Josh. Uh, concluders. It's Madison. <laughs> <laughs> um, for those that are still out grinding this turkey season. Keep after it. Uh, I'm going to try and grind it out my last day in Kentucky and make something happen. Um, I am tagged out in Ohio, which we'll discuss on a different episode. We'll we'll go over the Ohio season. But that's my concluder. If you're out grinding, keep grinding. Um, For those that follow along with Jacob Emery, he is a prime example of that. He had Mm -hmm. a very rough beginning to his season. And that dude, he just loves turkey hunting. And he just doesn't give up on those birds and his his season has started to turn around quite a bit so yeah just keep after it guys heck yeah good deal um mine as always <laughs> if, you, if you have the, <laughs> y'all right there <laughs> um i'm gonna cough for the rest of my life 
Uh, if you have the ability to take someone out uh, and get them involved in the outdoors that's new, please go ahead and do that. Uh, turkey season, while <clears throat> short every year, is still one of my favorite hunting seasons. I'm glad that I got to run around with you guys for the bulk of Kentucky. I think that's made it a hell of a lot more fun. I know that um, I wish I would have had an opportunity to get back out uh, this weekend. I'm not going to be able to do that. Uh, it's just how the season goes. I got a bird, though, and that's all I can ask for, and I had opportunities. I think that that's the biggest thing is if you're getting opportunities, uh, you know you're in the right place. You just got to learn how to execute a little bit better the next time, and eventually it's all going to click together for you. Yeah. God, that's a good one. I don't know how I topped that. Uh, I'm going to say what I keep saying. Uh, surround yourself with great people and you'll be winning. Um, I mean, if I don't have a buddy invite me to his place to hunt, I don't have a double bearded gobbler. Um, you know, I can't kill that bird unless I somehow like find out about it and sneak in and poach it or something like it's just not <laughs> going to happen. So, um, send in a, what are they send in a drone, um, <laughs> drones, drone strike his ass. But, um, <laughs> you know, if, if I don't have Pierce, um, you know, I'll be honest. I, I don't know if I call that bird in yesterday. I, I think I, I could, <laughs> but I, I, I'm going to say pretty unlikely. Um, Pierce is just on a different level when it comes to calling. And, um, you know, I won't take it away from myself completely and say it's impossible, but I'm going to say more than likely not. And not to mention, I mean, even if you just throw the birds, what, you know, the, the memories and stuff you make with your buddies, I mean, what it was kind of neat to see, I think, uh, who was it? Oh, <laughs> I told you I was going to call you last night. Oh, I never yeah. did. And I woke up and saw the message where you're like, uh, you must have fell asleep. And then Pierce was like, Yeah, I fell asleep too. We did, you know, however I think we did like seven and a half miles and three, three and a half, three point seven five, three point seven five, almost four, really. Cause I didn't start my tracker until we got a good ways away. Um, was with that bird on my back and it's only, you know, 21 pounds or whatever he is, but the way he was swinging and shaking in that little bag, mm-hmm. oh, dude, it sucked, sucked. And then <laughs> he was pulling on the, the suspension um, and the chest piece, the mm-hmm. uh, strap was choking the shit out of me. Oh, dude, it was a it was kind of a rough hike out. And I finally figured out how to kind of position that bird and use some straps because I was miserable and <laughs> it was funny. We thought we were going to just like hop, skip and a jump out of there. We didn't realize how far we had gone. We were four miles from the truck and now keep in mind, not four miles deep from no road or trail, just like you weren't getting back to the truck without doing that. Um, but before we let you go, one little side story again, those dust bowls I told you guys about when we came back, Mm -hmm. the one, the feather was positioned. A feather was in a different position 
And the other one that was empty had three right in the dust bowl. And there was extra, there was like different piles of turkey crap for sure. There were birds hmm. in there. That that's like the coolest thing. And Pierce even made a joke about saddle hunting a tree for a bird off a hen scrape right there. It's kind of <laughs> funny. So yeah, surround yourself with good people and you'll always be winning. Um, well, you want to take us home? Yeah. Uh, this has been Fueled by the Outdoors. Glad to have you all back and joining with us. And we'll have more content for you all coming up soon. Um, I've been Rick Cates. I am Rick Cates. I have been I'm Rick Cates. I'm so glad you've been Rick Cates. <laughs> I love Rick when you're Rick Cates. <laughs> I'm Rick Cates. Uh, I've been joined tonight by my co-host, Chris Leppert. And our, uh, I don't even know what Josh is anymore. He's just a guy that sleeps on the couch. It's Madison. <laughs> it's Madison. The third wheel. The third wheel. <laughs> But uh, thanks for joining us tonight, guys, and we'll talk to you later. Bye. See ya. See ya.